Okay, okay. It is all smiles in Leafland right now. Oof. It, it, it's very late right now because for some reason the Leafs weren't scheduled for a Saturday game. Late Sunday games only. Okay, sick league. But anyways, I'm feeling good. I don't know about you guys, but we've seen some terrific, pretty darn good Toronto Maple Leafs hockey um, over the last seven games. 6-0-1. After a little slide, no need to panic. Little, We went a little bit off the rails. The team went a little bit off the rails there, but 1,000% back on the train. Oh my goodness. After that Kyle Dubas presser, um, where he, eh, he pretty much said what every other GM says, um, that was, I mean, it, it, it's been it's been all smiles. I gotta say, every single game we're seeing someone else step up and come up big for this club. And it, it, it's looking... I mean, hate to be cliche, hate to be cliche, but it's looking like some real good playoff hockey type of stuff that we're seeing from this team. I mean, before it was, hey, too many goals back and forth. That's not playoff hockey. Well, we just saw a ton of kind of low event. I mean, 3-2 in overtime against... Uh, Edmonton, 3-1 against the Jets, 2-1 in a shootout against the Jets, and then tonight 4-2. I mean, not bad. Having given up more than two goals in, in during regulation in a little while now, haven't we? So, I mean, Steam can Steam can win any sort of way. Um, just gonna give my overalls to start, just to start. Um, number one, what stuck out a lot, which was the talk of the internet on Friday. Weird, the Friday-Sunday game. Kind of liked it. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But Hyman, a 100, I mean, I saw 60%, 60%. And then if that, 100%, the Zach Hyman, number 11 for the Toronto Maple Leafs, will make the Team Canada Olympic roster. I mean, I, I saw someone mock one up pretty quickly, and they had Matthew Barzal. Ever heard of him? He's a hell of a hockey player. He was the 13th forward. There's a lot of good Canadian forwards. I don't know if it was just the Canadian forwards they were looking at from the Canadian division. Then, sure, maybe. I haven't even looked at that. But... Zach Iman is a good player. I'll start it with this. When and let me start it with this. When a player gets overhyped, such as I believe Zach Hyman is this season, it, it, it I mean you, you tend to trash him to kind of bring him down to the mean. I don't mean to do that. I like Zach Hyman. I think he's a good player. He's a workout horse out there. He's a good skater. He's a great puck retriever. He works very well and has a good chemistry with the Leafs' skilled uh, players, Austin, namely Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. The chemistry really, really works very well there. But would I sign him to a big extension? No. Would I put him on Team Canada for the Olympics? No. 
and why? Well, A, I just don't think he's good enough for the team. Like, the Canadian Olympic team is going to be very, very good, number one. The extension part, he plays a very physical style of play. Very physical, in the corners, banging banging around, blocking shots, penalty kill, the whole nine miles. All the good old hard-working Canadian boy type of stuff. And that kind of scares you. He's almost 30 years old. He's already torn his ACL. Like... Is he going, if you give him four or five years, what are those 30, like, what are those last sort of years going to look like? And at what number? If you're at $5 million and you're, you have a guy that can't even stay healthy in the lineup, is it worth it? I mean, sure, if maybe you're the, you're the Bruins and you're trying to squeeze the life out of the core that you have kind of thing. And, um, like with, namely Marshan and Bergeron those guys aren't getting any older maybe you want to add some uh something to that top six up there and you need to win now and fine I don't care about those last two years we need to win now kind of thing then I can see them doing it but if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs I wouldn't really like to see it. they're already cap crunched uh as it is for to overpay him and to give him too many years it it, it would it would honestly scare me because I don't think with the type of hockey that he's been going to be playing and with what he brings, I don't like that latter half of the contract. And I also don't think he's really worth quite worth $5 million. That's a lot of money, right? So, I mean, we saw Mike Hoffman, who 20, on the low end, 25 goal, goal scorer, not having a good season, but whatever. Before the season, what do you have? Twenty nine last year. He signed for one year, four and a half. Mike Hoffman, Zach Hyman. I mean, why would Zach Hyman all of a sudden get what seven mil over five years? That was one stupid. Those the media. They're all stupid. But yeah, think about it in that terms. I, it, I, I, I mean, I. Do I think, oh, he's replaceable, whatever he plays with two good players? He has been very good this year. But giving him that big extension does scare me. And I wouldn't do it. So, I want to start with that. Number two, this is a goalie podcast, pro goalie podcast. We'll defend the goalies to the end of the earth podcast. We got to point out the clutch goaltending that we saw. The first game of the week, okay. Michael Hutchinson wasn't wasn't tested very much and let in the three. I mean, first one was a breakaway. I don't think he played it very well. Second one was a weird tip. Anyways, we'll get into that game in a bit. But obviously, the first game, whatever. It is what it is. But Jack Campbell against the Jets put up two very clutch. I mean, the save, the total save number at the end of the game wasn't that high. But if you watch that game, he made some very opportune saves. Let's start with that first game. That first game, the Leafs go up 2-0. They take the four-minute penalty. Even when the, it was the delayed penalty, he makes a couple great saves there. Holds them, holds the team in on the PK. Kerfoot scores that goal. He makes some good saves in the third period. They win. He stifled. Stifled. I mean... His performance was so good, I'm using big words. The Jets' offense. He stifled the Jets' offense in that first game. The second game, guess what? More of the same. 
late in the game. Mitch Marner for, turns it over in his own end. Huge save. Another one, Zach Bogosian loses his guy. Another huge save in the third period there. So while the volume wasn't there, as we have, I mean, at least haven't given up too, too many shots this season, I don't think. I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I, I don't think they've been giving up too, too many shots. But he made some big saves. And unfortunately, you know, twisted his body a little bit, and he's probably a little bit banged up, but I think tonight was rest. I didn't see anything about injury, whatever. We know he's some lingering things here and there, but I think tonight was rest, and that's good. Because then, Michael Hutchinson. Say what you will about that second goal. Not the greatest. Whatever. Knuckle puck. It happens. They It was supposed to go over the net. It didn't. Gravity physics. It's not a science podcast. But... The Leafs don't win that game without Michael Hutchinson. He was more than deserving a first start tonight. Because in the second period and the third period, he held them in. The Leafs didn't get a shot for 15 minutes. He stoned the Calgary Flames over and over again on the power play in that second period there. And then held his own in the third period as well. So say what you will about that second goal. The first goal was a tip. Nothing you can do on it. Even the first period. After the Leafs scored a goal... He made that big breakaway save. Clear-cut breakaway. Time and space on Michael Backlund. Big save, no rebound. So Michael Hutchinson, he's been the whipping boy. He's been fantastic fantastic for me. There's lots of mean content from that. But he played well tonight. I really liked what I saw from him. So, shout out Michael Hutchinson. Rarely do we ever get to do that. Um, the power play's been just awful as usual i mean 6-0-1 in the last seven games and they have not scored a power play goal that's kind of unheard of and they're still eighth in the league in power play uh, percentage just insane so what do i propose they do i saw a nice one on twitter from josh simpson put galchenyuk on the power play he likes that top it would be the if facing the oppositions at the right hand side top of the circle there He's got a great one-timer. He's a good playmaker. We've seen him score goals there with the Montreal Canadiens. We've seen him score goals there with the Marlies. Why not give the kid a try? You're owing a billion in your last, what, 15 games, 10 games, whatever. Why not? Why not? The other one, I, I from what we saw, we actually did see this live and in action. I really like the way when they had Mar, not Mar, um, Nylander, Tavares on that top unit they were zipping the puck around pretty good they got a couple good good chances in there as well I think keeping them together could be a very viable option um, Jeff O'Neill had actually a great suggestion making up for his Hyman 100% on Team Canada one um, putting Marner below the goal line creating that um, passing threat as well as he's a very nifty player putting that threat below the goal line the Leafs never use the goal below the goal line behind the net on the power play it's a little bit obscure especially considering if you're going to play Thornton on the power play I mean he's very good and we've seen him create a lot of chances from behind the net and yet has, has he even touched the puck from behind the net in the power play I don't think anyone has so just some suggestions from a bum on the couch but nevertheless I thought they, I think they're very astute <laughs> um, last 
overall point that I wanted to get to um, is, oh, second last, the fourth line tonight. So they've made the, the third line now, Thornton, uh, Thornton, Kerfoot, Spezza, which has been okay. It's been reasonable. It's been solid. Not quite the type of third line I want going into the playoffs, but the fourth line I really have kind of had an issue with. They've generated almost zero scoring chances for... I mean, McKay have had that 2-on-1 or the 2-on-0, whatever, cross-crease chance there. But other than that, I mean, here's the issue. Mikheyev and Engvall are both tall, lanky, good skaters that are very good at suppression. They're not very good at creating offense on their own. They're not very smart players. So they worked very well with Zach Hyman. I mean, he was getting them the puck. They were grinding. They were grinding teams down really, really well. But adding Simmons to that line has just clearly not worked. I was hoping it would work. It's clearly not worked. He he doesn't create offense. He's more of a specialist, uh, a finisher type of guy. He has not... He does not. He sorry. He, it's just you're you're asking a fish to run a marathon here. It's just not going to happen there. I mean, maybe I, does Thornton work there? I think Thornton works better than Simmons. One thousand percent, Spezza works a lot better there, and we saw that. The fourth line's only chance came when Spezza was put on that line. But ideally, you want like Spezza's. Spezza's been good. He's a staple to the four, the the bottom six, and he's been very good there. Um, so this kind of does lead into my second point, though. If at least add a middle six kind of guy, um, or sorry, a top six kind of guy, or even a middle six kind of guy, I think it rounds out the lineup very well. If you're adding a top six guy. Via, like if it's Palmieri, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I have no sources. This is just off the top of the head. If it's Palmieri, if it's Taylor Hall, it's whatever. I think the Nashville guys are off the table now. Then you get to put those guys with Nylander Tavares. You can move Galchenyuk down then. And I think he could work quite well somewhere in that bottom six there. Whether it be with... Um, Engvall Mikheyev or you move him to that uh, Thornton Spezza Kerfoot line to which we've seen Spezza and Galchenyuk with a little bit of chemistry they played like two minutes together and they they look a couple great scoring chances together so that's what I think could round out this lineup very well and then you're going to have to push one of Thornton or Simmons to the 13th forward which I have no problems doing so so, what kind of player is Palmieri? I did post some highlights on him. Taylor Hall, I'll post those later when he's closer to being traded. Palmieri was scratched tonight. That's why I posted him. But with Kyle Palmieri, you're getting... He's a fairly smart player. He's a very, very good finisher. was the big takeaway that I got from his game. Um, this year's numbers are down a little bit, but so is, so is his shooting percentage. Um... I think that he could be that ver- a very good finisher on that Nylander-Tavares combination up there. Um, additionally, Taylor Hall, what he would bring is some more speed, more rush 
uh, offense. He's a very, very good passer. Uh, he's way down on his luck. I think he has scored 20 goals in the past. I, I can't remember. Very down on his luck in terms of shooting recently. But, I mean, don't let the numbers fool you with Taylor Hall. He's in Buffalo right now. He's in Fartalo. Um, he is a good player still. There is talent underneath that thick layer of Buffalo gabagool garbage kind of thing. He is still val- he does he will bring value to a top six to a playoff team. Whether that be Boston, St. Louis, Toronto, whoever, he will one thousand percent bring some offensive uh, offensive ability. And as I mentioned, he's he's a creative playmaker, and I think he could work well in several different spots uh, in the in the top six for sure with the Leafs. I, I I can see it working with Tavares Nylander. I'm not guaranteeing. I'm just spitballing, just off the top of the head. Just it's just rolling. We're on a roll here. Um, those are my overalls. Hopefully, um. Those are my overalls for today, pretty much. That's all I got. Um, to get into more specifics with the games, what I saw. I'm going to get into more generalities with it. Uh, the Oilers game, I think the Leafs, I mean, for the majority of the game, they controlled that game. Uh, especially, I mean, not even especially. What am I talking about? They controlled the whole game. I mean, a little lucky first goal. Cam, um, Hutchinson didn't play very well and then the response to it is a couple of highlight real disgusting grade A disgusting goals from Marner and Matthews I mean Mitch Marner next generation games was almost a guarantee to score pretty funny um, Matthews just ripping one as I mentioned I, I, I mentioned if you follow on Twitter if you follow on Instagram it would have made Ray, Ray Ferraro moan so loud this time. He ripped that. That was in and out so fast. But, I mean, why did they lose? That's hockey. McKay of Camp Barry on a good chance. Um, Nylander got a pretty good chance late. They, they got After the, the Oilers tied it up, the Leafs got good chances. The Oilers didn't. Then the Oilers' next good chance came in overtime, and they buried on it, unfortunately. So, I think overall they played well that game. Just shitty bounces didn't. Shitty bounces made the outcome. But then, like each each of these four games that they played this week, I think the Leafs vastly outplayed their opponents, and it shows in the in in the advanced analytics of it. I don't think they were. I mean, tonight was a little closer. It was at fifty six percent expected goals for for the Leafs. Which may come as a surprise to you simply because they took a 15 minute nap during the game. But I'm going to Google. Let me see. Um, yeah, it looks like a, a hockey game is 60 minutes, though. So it doesn't matter what you did during those 15 minutes. What happened in the rest of the 45? Did it make up for those 15 minutes? Hell yeah, it did. And the Leafs completely kicked the hell out of the, the Flames in that third period. The fl- Which the Flames look lifeless, they look awful. I don't know why they signed Sutter to a three-year deal. I think one year would have been enough um, to see that he's garbage. But like, what are you, are you going to fire another coach next year when this team doesn't perform? All the guys that were slumping, like it's it's literally just been a carryover of Jeff Ward. This team still stinks. 
I haven't seen one difference. And what's kind of funny is, I yeah, I hate to say it because I have been on the ice with them and I have seen it up close. We saw, and here's what it is. We saw Brent Setter's dumb hockey guy brain work tonight. And why is that? Well, he put Brett Ritchie on the first line. And you might say, what's the correlation? What are you getting at? Well, listen. Brett Ritchie, I've seen it up close. Big guy. Strong. Good skater. Great hands. Can shoot the puck. Is not a smart player at all. Dallas tried to put him on the first line. It just didn't work. He just didn't mesh in. And so I'm guessing what Sutter saw was a guy in practice working hard, scoring goals in practice, looking good on the drills. So he said, you know what, this guy's been underappreciated, maybe overlooked by other coaches. I'm going to give him a chance on the first line. Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monahan. You kind of need hockey sense to play on the first line, Brett. That was kind of funny. To see that. And it didn't work out. They they didn't do much. Brett Ritchie fumbled a bunch of pucks. Unfortunate to see, I think that but in the end, I do hope that Kyle Dubas takes a waiver on him next year. I think we can fix him. Like the six million dollar man. But sorry to go off on that tangent. But anyways, to get into the Jets game on the Thursday. Um I think I mentioned this before, but a couple the the first line came out flying that game. Um, was it a nice goal? Anyways, two nice goals. We'll just call them nice goals. They were probably nice goals. Actually, yes, the first one was a nice goal. That was the one I was debating on. Um, and that was the one where uh, PLD tried to take Hyman's head off. He missed and took out his teammate, Derek Forbert. Sick job, PLD. We really noticed you over those two games. Anyways... What happened this game, though, and if you noticed, it was 2-0 for the Leafs. Going into that second period, the Leafs get that four-minute penalty, and it just showed what it, like, they, they, they flashed. I mean, Jack Campbell played well, made some great saves, but they just flashed that, that resilience that they've been showing more so this year with that Kerfoot goal. And then after that, it was the Jets were not, I mean, Campbell locked it down. Looked awesome. It was more of the same. I mean, the Friday game as well. Um, the one goal Campbell gave up was, I mean, some people, I was asked, what do you think of that goal? It was it was an off-speed pitch. I mean, the big home run hitters in the MLB are going to get tripped up on off-speed pitches once in a while. It happens with goalies too. He was right there, and Cop kind of threw him an off-speed pitch, and... It slipped in. It was a good chance. But the big thing about this goal that you should be looking at is that uh, you're up one nothing, more than halfway through the game, and you have three forwards, three depth forwards on the ice, all three of them below the bottom of the circles, and then you get one of your top 4D. You already know who. Pinching. Why is that necessary? And then two on one the other way, and they score. That's that's one part of the Leafs game that they really have to shore up. I'm not sure why they're taking risks when they're up, like heavy risks like that. There was no reward to having that many guys deep, and we've seen them do this in the past this season. 
with depth guys as well, it, it, like you, they really need a hammer home that, like, at least your D should not be pinching in a situation like that. Just picking up that little thing and then the odd man rush the other way. I think that will really help them to be more of a lockdown team. But additionally in that game, it was tied 1-1. Nice Marner turnover and Campbell big save. Bogosian losing his man, Campbell big save. So bailed out by the goaltender on a couple pretty bad defensive miscues as well in that one. But overall, the Leafs did outplay. I mean, I mentioned a bunch of the negatives, but the Leafs did outplay the Jets in that Friday game. They fully did. I mean, Hyman almost put one in. Just God looked at that puck and said, nah, it's not going in. Slipped through Hellebuck's legs, went through the other side. I mean, additionally in this one, I originally thought that uh, the Nylander line played, didn't play well that one. I did a couple weird turnovers from Nylander in that one. But they actually, I mean, Galchenyuk hit the post. Nylander had a good chance. Um, Tavares had a good chance in that one. I thought they played solid. So... Just a reminder, you gotta balance out the eye test with the analytics and watching that those replays with it. But overall, just four. And then like the game tonight, I mean, I, I talked a bunch about it already. Um, fell asleep for it, pretty much just what it was. Fell asleep for 15 minutes. Your goalie hung you in, like kept you in there, and then you wake up, and the big boys go to work. And that's like that's where other teams should really take notice of the Leafs. It's never over. They have a lot of guys that can score a lot of goals on you. And it was really good to see Alex Galchenyuk finally put one in there. So I think I've pretty much covered everything in this one. Overall, very happy. It's a good time to be a Leafs fan right now. And my next thing, I'm, I'm getting antsy. I want a trade. I don't. I don't even care if it's the Leafs anymore. I just want a trade. I just want someone to trade. I want even someone to trade Derek Forber for future considerations at this point. I just want some transaction. There hasn't been enough, and I'm starving. And I really hope that COVID doesn't ruin the trade deadline this year, because that'll be a tad disappointing. I think I built that up a little bit too much. It'll be a tad disappointing. And I think the TSN Sports Center will be, Sportsnet will be a little more than a tad disappointing if the trade deadline comes and goes and the biggest transaction is that is made is the rights to Cristobal Boo Neves is traded from Fart Town to wherever kind of thing. But, anywho, thank you for tuning in. See you guys next week.